from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I am doing this pod alone. I am at training camp this weekend, and this is going to be uh, kind of a two-parter that I put together. So uh, in my mobile rig, the sound is not quite the same quality as you would normally hear, so bear with me. But uh, we're going to break this into two parts. Uh, we're going to start with Saturday's report, what I saw at Clamp, and we're going to move on to what happened Sunday. We'll put it all together, and you guys will hear this Sunday night or Monday. I uh, just want to say off the bat, for everyone who was able to come out and that I, I met at Camp, thank you all. It was great to see everybody. Um both fans of RGR as well as Locked On, it was great to run into everybody, and uh, I appreciate it. I've got a long list of names, and we'll go over that probably towards the end of the show uh, after I've had both days to record. Um, as it stands right now, the first half of the show is about Saturday, and Saturday we found out that Daniel Sorensen uh, actually had surgery to repair a, a tibial plateau fracture, uh, as well as an MCL, as well as a meniscus. Um, this was not just the run-of-the-mill injury that uh, it may have been purported to be off the get-go. Um, tibial plateau is is a fracture within the upper surface of the main bone of your lower leg. Um, it is uh, load-bearing. It is where your weight goes. It's part of that groove below the knee. Um, that's a significant injury. Um, it can be repaired a number of different ways depending on the severity. This is also uh, something you may have heard in reference to an injury that J.J. Watt had a couple of years ago. So keep that in mind, and, and that'll tell you about what the prognosis is. Uh, a chief said he will be reevaluated in six weeks. Uh, don't expect him to be back in that time. This is a significant injury, uh, and at that point could still go another six, eight, ten, eighteen weeks. You never know. Um, there is definitely a possibility of injured reserve with a designation to return in his future. Uh, there's even an outside possibility at, at injured reserve for the year in his future. So uh, let's keep an eye on that. Um, we've talked about him a lot in the offseason. At this point, if he were to go on IR, there are cap restraints. Uh, you're not going to get any relief from that. So um, this is kind of a tough situation. And a lot of my notes on Saturday were in reference to the safety position or or what Dan Sorensen used to be uh, because not only the safety but uh, a little bit of the uh, nickel linebacker in in the small nickel package. So um, first and foremost, uh, on Saturday, saw a lot of good things from Tano Passanio in particular. He stood out to me over and over at camp, uh, not just uh, – in 11s or or in 7s, uh, came out like from the get-go uh, and had some good uh, intensity on the sled, uh, was working very diligently. He looked quick. He looked less hesitant uh, in team groups. Got some run with the ones. Uh, both he and Breland Speaks got some run with the ones. And that's, that's an important step forward. We saw... Um, I want to say mid-practice on Saturday that uh, D. Ford uh, went out ill. And so th th that probably helped the shifting of some of those reps. But these are guys that they're going to have to be dependent upon, and that's a good sign for them to, to take those steps forward. So I, I was very, very happy to see that uh, for this team as well as, as for those individual players as well. Uh, there was even a, uh, a pass... Uh, pass rush situation where I saw both of them on there with Justin Houston. Uh, that's a nice combination too. Not necessarily a NASCAR, but um, something that we know Bob Sutton has up his sleeve and is another wrinkle that he can throw at this team. Uh, something 
I think he's been missing a little bit, needs to run it more in the coming season. I think uh, that's definitely something that we will see. So I, I think it's a little bit counterintuitive, but seeing Justin Houston rush in the A-gap is, is an interesting concept because of his power and quickness. Um, he can he can penetrate the A-gap quickly, and that can disrupt some of the quick passing. Like you saw against Houston, uh, the quick passing game is going to be something the Chiefs are going to see quite a bit. Uh, it can thwart some of the, the longer end-around type pass rush and put them in a little bit more stress. Uh, the good thing is that for the defensive backs... In a pass rush situation like that, where the ball is coming out quickly, um, you don't have to sustain your coverage quite as long. If they can get better at redirecting routes, if they can get more aggressive at redirecting routes from initial contact, uh, you have that two-second count and the ball's away, and that's that's a good thing for them uh, to start to lean on. Um, looking down my notes, um, the split ends, uh, back and forth, it was a very good mixture. Your top three are still... Hill, Watkins, and Conley. Uh, I've gotten a lot of questions and comments about Demarcus Robinson, and he is having a good camp. He looked great again on Saturday. Um, made a couple of nice catches, uh, one for a score. And, yes, I understand everyone is is enjoying that and thinks that he needs more reps, and, and I do think he needs more reps. But you got to remember, he's running with the twos. He's playing against twos. Um, so he's not playing against starting defensive backs. Uh, I don't think he saw much of the starters against Houston either. So there is that level of competition that can kind of fool you a little bit here in camp. So um, I do think that he is playing very well, and he is taking a step forward. He's, he's become more reliable. I think he, he looks quick. I think he's in good shape. The question is going to be, how much does he know of the offense? Is he completely interchangeable at all three positions? Because that's what Chris Conley is. Uh, Conley did not look 100% to me on Saturday. We'll see how he is on Sunday, but, uh, you know, maybe going about 90%. So I think overall where it is right now is is Conley still the three, Robinson still the four, but I think Robinson's going to eat into reps for Conley probably early in the season. Uh, maybe they'll be split there at the three a little bit more than we thought. I don't think it's going to be a situation where um, game in, game out, we're going to see Conley with Hill and Watkins and Robinson not playing. Um, so look for him to get a bigger role. I just don't know how much of it it's going to be yet. Um, thought all the running backs looked good. Uh, didn't see anything that caused me any hiccup on anybody. Uh, Spencer Ware didn't didn't do a whole lot, but uh, I thought everybody else looked good. I really like Damian Williams in practice. Looked good. Um, Daryl a little bit. Didn't get a whole lot of touches, but I, I thought he looked good when he did. So keep an eye on that as well. Um the interesting thing, Dorian Daniel was back, uh, played a lot with the twos, and I think that's a step forward. And I, I think it's very key that when they went to the small nickel, meaning not Ragland or Hitchens in the middle, but with a league way, a very fast linebacker comparatively, and Dorian O'Daniel, that's where they went in the nickel. And I thought that was an interesting role. Um, we talked about how Dorian O'Daniel has the skill set and, and the size and the, the aggression to play probably a better nickel linebacker role than Dan Sorensen can, although uh, O'Daniel can cover better. So it, it's a nice upgrade all the way around, and I think what you're going to see is he's going to take over that particular part of the role. All day long, uh, on Saturday, uh, the starting free safety or, or quote-unquote free you know safety number two with Eric Berry, of course, being number one, uh, was Eric Murray consistently across the board took all the reps that I saw and looked good in zone 
and struggled in man coverage on Travis Kelsey. Um, not news. Struggled against tight ends in 2017 and, and consistently was behind the eight ball against Travis Kelsey. Uh, a lot of one-on-one uh, with the ones on Saturday, and uh, Kelsey won it just about every time. So there is still some concern there. If they can get him to a place where they're not trying to be as simply coordinated, interchangeable, that's an advantage. Uh, right now, Bob Sutton's trying to make Eric Murray be what Bob wants him to be, and that is a guy that can play strong safety, can play free safety, can be that in-between third. And I, I think what what I've come to see, at least in one day of practice, and, I, and I, believe me, I will revise this as the next couple of days come down, Eric Murray can be a free safety. He can take good angles. He understands play action. I think he's gotten noticeably better about not being misled by quarterback's eyes. He's not biting as much. Uh, He can play deep zones. He can play intermediate zones as well. His man coverage against guys that are drastically bigger him is is still not better. Uh, I don't think it's going to be. Got to remember, he's a fairly small individual who played nickel corner in college. Uh, redirecting a tight end of Kelsey's size or Demetrius Harris's size is not something that's going to happen very easily. So keep an eye on that. If the, if the Chiefs can get to the point where they're comfortable with him playing the deep safety or playing a deep half if they, they stay in some cover two, which you did see on Saturday, I, I think they can be just fine with Eric Murray on, on the football field. Beyond that, if they're trying to get him down into the box and down on slot receivers and tight ends, uh, it's going to be a long season. Uh, Still won't count them out for looking for outside help, so keep that in mind as well. And that was Saturday. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back and talk about Sunday's practice. And I'm back. And for the second half of this show, we're going to talk about Sunday's practice. Uh, and I was out there again. Great to see all of you guys. I appreciate people coming up and saying hello. Uh, I, I apologize if uh, if I wasn't responsive enough. I was trying to get the, the shots taken and, uh, you know, try to take my good notes and, and try to give you some information. So uh, if you didn't get a picture or whatever, I will be out there one more time on Monday. If you happen to be there, please let me know. Um, as for the practice... A number of things stood out, particularly I watched a lot of defense on Sunday. And what I came away with is that they are trying to make sure that they provide a pass rush this coming season. Uh, Because of the lack of pass rush over the last season, as well as what they're going to have to deal with in the secondary, uh, they have to have that pressure on the opposing quarterback. Um, Saw a lot of Tano Passanio and Breland Speaks. Saw them early. both Justin Houston and D Ford uh, took some time off, even in team, when uh, the youngsters were in there and, and trying to get reps. Uh, saw some good things out of Breland. Um, not only just the, the power rush that he has shown off to this point, um, but a little bit of dip, uh, a little bit of uh, like things are starting to click for him. He's not just straight into the chest of the defender uh, and using that leverage to bowl him over. A, a little bit of turning his shoulders and getting a little bit of uh, angular momentum, which which helps him turn that corner, whether it's inside or out. Uh, and I, I thought that was great. Setting the edge um, from Tano Passanio in the run game I thought was very encouraging. He 
um, that length is hard to come by, especially when he has to get underneath blockers in order to wall them off. Um, you could see him trying to use the technique that uh, Justin Houston uses in in keeping himself square to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think that's encouraging. I think he's come a long way. He also looks a bit quicker to me off of the snap when he is in pass rush mode. Um, I, and I think that's... Uh, encouraging for him because uh, while he was productive as a wide nine type pass rusher, it was never uh, quick twitch that anyone was was adamant about him. Um, and D Ford still has that quick step, um, has not felt 100% the last couple of days, even walked out on the field on Sunday carrying a, a gallon jug of water, uh, clearly dehydrated, um, likely still fighting that illness. We'll see how he is on Monday. But uh, they have to concentrate on pressuring the quarterback up front because of what they have to deal with on the backside. Um, and that means getting exotic from time to time. Um, so a lot of Ford on the left and Houston on the right on Sunday. Uh, and that is a configuration that I think is probably going to pay off the most uh, for this defense, especially early in the year. But then also saw some of switching Houston back over to the left side, and both Speaks and Passanio together uh, lined up in the B and C gaps, uh, trying to, to put that tackle to a decision, trying to make sure guys made the correct line adjustments uh, to get them both blocked. And I think that's, again, is, is it a NASCAR? No, you might not not necessarily call it that. Uh, I believe there were two down linemen in the snaps that I saw that they were running it in. So um, it's really kind of just a, an extra pass rusher. But whatever they decide to call it, uh, I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's something we talked about months and months ago that they need to use exotic packages and get three pass rushers on there I think is going to be great. Uh, if they have to go to a four-man front, if you've got those three plus Chris Jones, you have four pass rushers in that game on that particular snap, and I think that's a formula that can pay off for this team uh, quite dramatically. I'd like to see them use that uh, quite a bit. I, I Don't be sparing with it. If you're in uh, a third and long situation, bring it. I, I think this is a team that, that needs it because what we saw in the secondary is concerning still. We had... Uh, more of Dorian O'Daniel out there. We had Eric Murray starting. Uh, Eric Berry took the day off on Sunday. Uh, I believe that was planned. That wasn't much of a surprise. Um, so you ended up with Murray and Armani Watts as your your two safeties for the number ones. And they're young. You know, they both had trouble with Travis Kelsey. Doriano Daniel had trouble with Travis Kelsey, although he has more body to give him. Uh, and I think that worked for him initially in the snaps. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Kelsey is just too athletic. He gets separation because of his long stride, because he can run unencumbered. He, he's got that, that shoulder that he can give away. And I think that's important. Um, and maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on these guys because it is Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, you can say what you want about Gronk, healthy or not. Travis Kelsey's at least the second best tight end in this game. So uh, that's a significant thing. And if they can learn to defend him, if they can play him better and try to stay with him better, they should be okay for the most part against other tight ends that they will face this season. Um, maybe outside of Gronk, but you have Eric Berry for Gronk. Uh, that's not a problem. Uh, also saw some more of Berry playing free. 
Um, especially with Murray in the box when, when it came to a slot receiver or Kelsey split out. They walked Murray down, tried to put him on him and let Eric Berry play in the back. Uh, and Eric can do it all, and we've talked about over this this uh, preseason as well. You guys know th- that Eric can play anywhere on that field uh, in the safety position, robber role, in the box, nickel linebacker, free safety. He can do it all. Uh, and he, he showed that yesterday. Um, and they showed more of it today with Murray continuing to go down uh, onto the slot or onto Kelsey with Armani Watts playing in the back, and I thought that was telling as well. I I think that's really what you want to see is one of those guys has to be in the back of the defense. I think Murray can play competently in the zone, showed that again on Sunday, um, and and still struggled against uh, not only Kelsey but – Alex Ellis made a couple of moves on him. We'll talk about him in a second after this break. But uh, I think what you need is the young guys to play in front of them. You need them at the back of the defense where they can see everything. Uh, try to teach them. Try to try to get them more reps so they're not manipulated by quarterback's eyes. But be the guys at the back that have everything in front of them. Uh, once their turn and have to play... You know, running down the field, I think that's going to be problematic at first. This is a position that's going to likely plague this team um, coming down this season unless something happens. It has to click for either Watts or Murray, or they need to get somebody else that is competent in playing this kind of uh, mix-and-match role uh, that Bob Sutton wants to do. Uh, whether that's the best decision for his personnel or not, that's what Bob wants to do. Um, I, I see a situation coming where I'm going to have to talk about Bob Sutton, again, not adjusting to what the current situation is with his personnel. Uh, but that's a discussion for another day. Uh, we'll take a quick second here. We'll come back uh, and talk about the guy on offense that stood out the most. Okay, so on offense, a couple of nice catches by Kemp. Uh, good one from Dieter on Sunday. Um, Marcus Kemp made a couple, and he, I think, in general, is starting to push for uh, a rung up the depth chart. Where you see him practice, clearly it's the four, including Conley and Robinson. Uh, and then it, it seems to be this this mixture, and I think – that it's going to be Kemp that's going to start to go ahead a little bit. Uh, clearly, uh, Gary Dieter's with him. So a little bit more of that on Sunday than we'd seen on Saturday, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but in the passing game, the guy that stood out to me the most is just got enough wiggle, got enough um, acceleration out of cuts to gain a little bit of separation, and that's Alex Ellis. And the most telling play for me on Sunday was that um, down in the red zone, they ran that little inside shuffle pass that they ran with Travis Kelsey in 2017, and they did it with Alex Ellis. I believe Henny was the quarterback at the time. And and it worked. He's got enough wiggle to do the same kind of things as Travis Kelsey. And we all know none of these tight ends can block. So they're not keeping a tight end specifically for, for blocking criteria. Uh, it seems that they still love Demetrius Harris – not going to go into why, but he's at least probably the most competent blocker outside of Kelsey. But if you have a guy like Ellis that can come in and do the things that Travis Kelsey does, maybe not as well, but do the same things where you're not talking about um, limiting the playbook because Ellis is in or, um, you know, if Travis Kelsey has to miss a game. You don't have to adjust the playbook as much if you have a guy that can do what he does. Uh, And I think Alex Ellis might be 
if that's the criteria, the guy that they go with over Jason Morrow, uh, it, it comes down to that. And I think if I'm Andy Reid and I want as much matchup problem as I can get, I think that's where Alex Ellis has the advantage uh, over a Jason Morrow and clearly over a Tim Wright. Uh, I won't be surprised if the third tight end on this roster ends up being Alex Ellis. I'm just going to say it now. Um, That's where I am today. Um, Again, thank you everyone who came out. The list is long. Uh, You know, Weston, Justin, Megan, Mike, all the way up from Arkansas. Sean Elijah Tanner, I know you guys are out there, and thank you guys for bringing your folks and hanging out. It was great to see everybody. Um, hit me on the Twitter account at Ryan Tracy NFL as well as at Locked On Chiefs for anything else. Um, thank you for listening, and thanks for everything this weekend. And I'll talk to you next time. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.